about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sports Tri-State. Happy Sunday to you. A happy new year to you. To you. And more importantly, a Merry Clinchmas to Giants fans. I am Sean Morash here with you on the Fan Live until 7.30 p.m. Eastern when coverage of Sunday Night Football between the Ravens and Steelers will come your way. Paul Rosenberg on the other side. He will keep his eyes locked on his New York Jets as they try to get in a position to join the Giants party here in the postseason. Things not looking great there. We will keep you updated on all the late action, the late window here. I know if you're in the car and you want to you know, keep things going, the Niners just scored a touchdown to close that gap versus the Raiders here. The Chargers are up 17-10. You just heard, obviously, Pete McCarthy gave you some scores, so we'll keep you locked in. But the number to call, as always, is 877-337-6666. Tweets at CBS. That's M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. I am Sean Morash. And this is going to be a very Steve Summers-esque here. Uh, m- open. A little monologue. But screw it. I'm going to go for it. An homage to him. As the New York football Giants are in the postseason. Who would have thunk it a year ago as basically uh, quarterback dives being run from the shadows of our own end zone, Mike Glennon playing quarterback. Times certainly have changed 12 months later. We wish you a Merry Clinchmas. We wish you a Merry Clinchmas. We wish you a Merry Clinchmas. And a Happy New Year. 11 years to the day. 11 years since Giant fans at home got to see their team win and clinch a playoff spot at MetLife Stadium. Six years. Six years since the team made the playoffs overall and players spent a day on a boat in Miami with Trey Songs before losing in the cold in Green Bay. Let's tack on three years. Three years and one week to be exact since the Giants scored 30 points in a football game. All of those years, all of that misery ended today with a rare coasting, comfortable win For the football Giants. The ever-emerging Daniel Jones with two touchdown passes, two touchdown runs, looking every bit the quarterback you would take with the sixth overall pick, and nothing like the fumbling machine he was once labeled as. Tough pill to swallow for anybody who's really hated Daniel Jones and couldn't rid themselves of the stench of booing him when he threw out a first pitch at Yankee Stadium before he stepped foot on the field as a member of the Giants. The only member of the 53-man roster who donned a Giant uniform for their last playoff run, the 2016 season, spending a year on the practice squad, elevate here, elevate there, elevate this, elevate that, now with a firm grip on a roster spot, see a take Crowder. That member... Landon Collins with a vintage pick six to say goodnight to the Colts and hello to meaningful January football. It's okay to let this soak in, to let this wash over any of us who are Giants fans before totally worrying about San Francisco, who, as I said, is struggling right now with the Raiders, or Minnesota, get their doors blown off by the Packers right now, or whoever the Giants may draw in two weeks. We know it can't be the Bucks. In all likelihood would not be, of course, the winner of the NFC East, depending on things how things shake out here. If Minnesota came back, I guess that was possible. Uh, although, again, the Niners losing, everything's a mess. Giants are locked into the six. Don't let that get in the way. But here we are. Whoever the Giants get, so be it. We'll take it. Perhaps a year, perhaps two years ahead of schedule, in the Shane Dable era, A group of players with names like Lawrence and Love and Jones and Barkley and Slayton and Gates and Thomas, among others, who knew nothing but losing in their professional careers, got to sit with their helmets off in the fourth quarter as chants of Daniel Jones, DJ, Brian, Dable, all, all shouted down from the seats at MetLife Stadium. uh, Let's face it, a stadium that since being built has not seen that many great moments that the fans could celebrate uh, 
and celebrate with ease the way they did today. But all of those guys who have been here and sat through the losing, they sat there as the fans chanted, happy, smiling. That is what every professional athlete should get to feel. They felt worthy because they are. Make no mistake about the Giants being worthy. Some have questioned, well, they're not a real playoff team. I know our buddy Salicata, they're not a real playoff team. Well, hold on here. There's a difference between being a real Super Bowl contender and a real playoff team. This Giant team's a real playoff team. It's a roster that for sure has holes. And it's a roster that is a ways off from being the 53 of San Francisco or Kansas City. But it's still a roster that has proven it has foundational core pieces that won't have this be the only time they feel this way as New York Giants. This is just the beginning. A new era is here. A refreshing era is here. It began 17 weeks ago with that two-point try in Nashville. A head coach looked at his team after looking at his quarterback for throwing a horrendous pick and said, this will not stand. I believe in you. And that day, fast forward 17 weeks, a huge check mark then and a bigger check mark today. Giant fans in the building, no, of course this isn't Victor Cruz in 2011, 99 yards, and then the Cowboy game the following week. I know that it's, you know, Nick Foles getting crushed by Kayvon Thibodeau. I know that it didn't have the drama, but it's a party. And there has been far too little parties in that building for Giant fans. And it's a game today they will never forget. It's been too damn long. The future of Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, well, yeah, we could discuss them all. Ian Rappaport had the report that the Giants are looking to offer them long-term deals. I'd be a little more weary on Barkley still, but again, he surpassed his you know, rushing total for a single season, surpassed his rookie year today. And Daniel Jones, these last couple weeks, when the games have mattered the most at Washington, the Minnesota game last week, which we can all agree, not his fault. They ended up losing that game. And then today versus the Colts, no screwing around. Boy, does he look like a franchise quarterback now. I want to hear from you Giants fans. This is our party tonight. How the heck are you feeling at 877-337-6666? And who are you thanking the most? Thank you, Joe Shane. Thank you, Brian Dable. Thank you, Daniel Jones. Hey, thank you, Kayvon Thibodeau, too. Because the Giants have lacked, you know, that swagger, that tenacity of just, where you just know the guy's a dripping elite player. They haven't had a guy like that since Odell Beckham Jr. Boy, has he come along, too. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you already looking ahead and plotting and planning how the Giants could manage, maybe, to beat a team like San Francisco, Minnesota, who we saw a week ago, licking your chops at the other NFCs? How do you want Brian Dable to play it next week where the Eagles, this game matters everything for them? Dable kind of acted like he was going to play starters and then quickly backtracked when being asked about it in the postgame. I want all of your thoughts, all of your opinions. We haven't experienced this in damn near a half decade plus. Get on the phones. Let's go. We're playoff bound, Giant fans. It's Sean Morash here with you until 7.30 p.m. on The Fan. More to come next. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, let's get it. It's Sean Morash here on The Fan. 26, the Seahawks are up. 22-6, not 26. Seahawks up on the Jets. By the way, our producer, Paul Rosenberg, who has trolled all of us giant fans of Crush Gettleman, did say I should be throwing a pity thanks to Dave Gettleman. And let me just say this. While I think he was a bumbling idiot, and the fact that we have been able to survive as a roster with Kenny Galladay taking up that much room and having to cut James Bradbury and whatnot. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas. I mean, all these guys appear to be players. Also, the trade he made last year, everybody freaked out. Oh, how could the Giants pass on Micah Parsons? It, it should be noted. 
that had they taken Micah Parsons, they might have a brilliant football player right now. They would have then taken Evan Neal, not had two picks. They do have Kayvon Thibodeau plus Evan Neal. Plus, how about this name for you? Daniel Bellinger was a pick that was a result of that trade as well. And the Giants look like they have a good one at tight end as well. So I ask you, would you rather have Micah Parsons and Evan Neal? Or would you rather have Kayvon Thibodeau, Daniel Bellinger, and Evan Neal? I'll take the latter. I'll take the latter. So... Thanks, but no thanks, Dave. Yes, you did. Not everything you did was a disaster. That is what I would say. And some foundational pieces that are here are thanks to him. But overall, Joe Shane has completely reshaped this thing. All right, let's get to the phones. 877-337-6666. Chuck is in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Chuck, you're on the fan. What's going on? Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chuck. What's up? Okay, so... We have a, a, a very well-played Giants game, one of the best I've seen in the last couple of years. We have a, 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 a clinching, a playoff berth. Okay? Yes. We, and I'm watching the game, and how many times have we had to watch the Giants lose right to the very last gun? Oh, jeez, oh, yeah. Some, some idiot at CBS decides to leave the game with 11 minutes left in the game, we missed the Gatorade. We missed the celebration. Oh, where we you are, every... you didn't get any of that. They they lost you. Uh, they, so... they, they, they went to a more, they said, we're leaving this game and going to a more competitive game. They went to Miami uh, and, New and the Patriots. Ah, uh, Chuck, England. see, you're too far outside the zone. We didn't have that problem in the Tri-State, at least on Long Island, we didn't have that problem. So Here, no look, that's fans it. were able to see this. Yeah, well, I mean, no Giants fans in your area. Most of the tri-state area saw it. The only thing I would say to that, Chuck, it stinks. It stinks horribly. Next year, see, this. I don't have that problem because I have Sunday ticket. I know it's, you know, an expense and everything. But you don't have to have DirecTV starting next year, and that protects against all of it if you're out of the market. Because the moment they okay. dump out, you will still have that channel available. I've seen it happen to other, you know, non-local games when they dump out. So I can't stress that enough. You're going to want that in your area with the Dable Giants. They're going to be relevant for the next few years. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Chuck. That's a heck of a way to start it off. I do like Chuck, though, paint, painting it with a broad brush. No Giants fans can see the last 11 minutes. I'm sorry that you live in that area, Chuck, but most Giants fans in this area, they don't dump out in the immediacy area of the Giants' territory rights. You must be just on the outside there in Pennsylvania. Kyrie is in Newark, New Jersey. Kyrie, you're on the fan. How you doing, sir? What's up, Kyrie? Happy New Year. And I just heard you mention Dexter Lawrence and Daniel Jones and all these people will get. My question to you is, so you don't, you wouldn't give Barkley an extension, but you would give Jones an extension? No, well, Kyrie, it's not that I wouldn't give Barkley an extension, and this would go for, and I feel the same way about the 49ers here with McCaffrey, I know they traded for him too. It's the running back thing. How much is he looking for per year on the cap? Because if he wants to be the highest paid running back and get to like 14 mil per year where that's going to lock up the cap, you know, in four years, like if he needs a, you know, a four or five year deal, something like that. Now, if he wants a three, four year deal where it's very front loaded, I would be all on part of it because I think Barkley's that important to the team. But I mean, look at the Cowboys right now, Kyrie with Zeke. I mean, Tony Pollard's actually the better player on that team and they're doing enough running back by committee. It's just, I don't want to get caught in a spot where the allocation of resources is brutal. And we've seen teams be able to play with a running back by committee before. Okay. Okay. Got it. I just wanted to get a firm understanding that. Thanks. Yeah. Go no, I'm not anti. Bar- Believe me, I was anti the Barkley pick. I'm very pro okay. Barkley, the player, but I am still very scared about how much he will cost on the cap. No, I understand the pick was really high. I understand. Yeah. No, I just you know I'm happy we're back in the playoffs. That's all that matters. For sure. And I'm glad Jones is playing well. Yeah, for sure, Kyrie. Thanks, man. Yeah. Jo- yeah. Look, and it would have been very easy. I'm not trying to make this out like it's the Daniel Jones parade because he's been great the last couple weeks, but it would would have been very easy for everybody who had, you know, naysayed Daniel Jones. And, oh, by the way, there were plenty of reasons to do that for him to absolutely crumble in these games. And it be, you know, a situation where the defense has given you everything, Barkley's given you everything, and you clearly see the quarterbacks holding you back. It's been the reverse. I mean, the quarterbacks completely elevated the team the last couple weeks, uh, when you know, since they've hit that rough stretch. And, you know, you should be obviously applauded. I mean, he's playing his best football when it matters the most. Uh, is that what you look for in that position? Joe is in Newtown, Connecticut. Joe, you're on the fan. Sean, how are you? Happy New Year. We are in. We We're are in, in, Joe. We're in. <laughs> Merry a, Clinchmas. This is amazing. I, yes. you know, I, look, I'm fortunate. I've seen four big blue championships in my adult lifetime. Nothing to complain about. But this one is sweet. No one, no one saw this coming in August. This yeah, is Joe. so sweet. 
Joe, I'm so glad you brought that up because, like, I, I I try to have this conversation as much as possible with, you know, friends or whatever. Hey, I, I I feel like I'm not surrounded by the same giant fans who share the you know they you know look back at where we are, everything's forward. I love the remember when stuff. I like August. I remember having this feeling of I am super excited for Dable and Shane, but part of me actually wasn't excited for the season because it kind of felt like a punt season. It felt like there was no yeah. way Jones was back, no way Barkley was back. That they were yeah. basically going to play at the strings. They probably lose a ton of games because the roster wasn't good, and then they would draft the quarterback. Then we would wait a year to see if the quarterback was any right. good. Jeez, could you imagine being the Jets with Zach Wilson, something like that? Instead, everything's changed because now you might actually have the quarterback. You made the playoffs right away, and now this year. Whatever, you know, however far they go, the whole offseason is going to be about fine-tooling it. Can you imagine the expectations we're going to have as Giants fans next August? Yeah, it, it'll be great. But going forward for this year, this is completely house money. I don't care who we play. And, you know, let Thibodeau <laughs> go after Brock Purdy and whomever else. Just, no, Joe, you know, Joe, I get it. And I know that part of my monologue said we shouldn't worry about who we play and just enjoy this. I, I am a little hypocritical. I want I want Minnesota so badly. Well, I would, too. I would, too. But I, I think statistically that isn't the most likely, but I don't know. But whatever. I, I, it really depends here what happens. San Francisco's struggling. If the Niners can yeah. come back here and beat the Raiders, the Vikings are getting their tails kicked here. The Niners right. would be a win and get the two scenario next week, which would mean basically the Giants would be locked into playing the Vikings. So, and I'm okay with that. We yeah. almost had them out there last time. The, the Vikings, they just, they Viking things, right? They've got so much talent and, yeah, Kirk Cousins, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, I love it, Joe. I love it. Enjoy America. <laughs> Great Smith. work. Take care, man. Happy Thank New Year, pal. Happy New Bye. Year. All right, let's keep the party rolling. Rick's in Tampa. Rick, happy <laughs> Merry Clinchmas. What's up, pal? We did it. I, I'm, I'm so pumped. I want to be doing so. Listen, San Francisco, I, I'll take this rookie quarterback, though, man. He, I take him over uh, Cousins, I think, so we can talk about this another time. But I, Well, what do you mean? You I take him? Wait, 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 Rick. What do you mean by you take him? You would, you would I want to play him? Rather play San Francisco with the quarterback. Yes. Let me tell you something. Their defense, though, that would shake me. Evan Neal could get pounded into the yeah, dirt. I know, I know, I know. Okay, but that would we'll listen. That we'll talk about that next week. But I'm on the, I'm riding high, brother. You know what? All the last couple of years, watching your little uh, rants after a game. <laughs> Rick, did we lose? Uh, 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 okay. Of, 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 you know, getting through it. And you know what? This year, none of that. I love it. We didn't have to hear any of those because oh. they played great. And I got something for you because it's normally, and I all day, I'm thinking the Giants should win this game, should blow them out. But something in the back of my head's going, the, the Giants could lose this game because that's what we're so used to. But they went out there, and they not only beat them, they beat them bad and were great on all areas, and it was such a refreshing. Oh, it was left, so great. And, Rick, and, left and I, no left. doubt. They left no doubt. No, they, you're right. No this, doubt. Could have been, this could have been a 2017 game where they meandered through. And I think that, that to me, Rick, when you take the loss versus Minnesota last week, which is a 61-yard field goal, they didn't, no McKinney and no Jackson. You got McKinney back this week. And then you take yep. the way this went. It feels like, and again, the Giants could go, absolutely get whooped in wild card week. There's no doubt about it, but it feels it's like they are coming together right. at the right time. And I think it all started that Thibodeau play in Washington. Thank you, Rick. Happy New Year. Now, if you are paying attention to the other team in town, woo! 20-6 to enter in the fourth quarter. Jets on the precipice of elimination here. I mean, everything is falling the Jets' way now. They could have used a Miami win today, but for the most part, last week after that Jaguar uh, loss. Everything had fallen the Jets' way. Mike White was supposed to be the savior. You know, screw Zach Wilson. We're going to do, you know, the Seahawks have melted down entirely, and the Jets have been a downright disaster today, 20-6. to six. And uh, I think their fans are already starting to chime in, throw in the towel. John is in New Haven, Connecticut. John, you're on the fan. Yeah, I'm watching the Jets game. They're a pathetic-looking football team. Let me tell this coach, if, if he wasn't two weeks ago, whatever it was, the win, I guess the last game, how he handled the clock near the end of the game. What was he doing at the end of the first half when he's on his own six-yard line with about 45 seconds to go in the game, and he's taking all these chances with five-yard passes from his own six-yard line? Get the club in the locker room. Are you stupid or what? 
John, I, I agree. And look, right. I think the the real story here, I don't think the Jets are going to do anything with Salah because it's going to be tied to the hip of Douglas and everybody wants to give Douglas a pass for the Wilson stuff because of the roster he built. This would be a bad one tonight. If you get Mike White back and he's supposed to be at least the Jet fans to save you, this, that, the other thing. If they go out there and they finish this game scoring six points, the offensive play calling who, you know, this comes from Salah's best friend, best man at the wedding, the whole thing. If this is the, they become the team that couldn't do anything to Seattle's defense after what Seattle's done the last couple of weeks, this is a tough one for this organization to get over. And oh, by the way, you know, are, are we going to have Joe and, and BT tomorrow at 11.40 a.m. pumping their chest about how Mike White could be the guy? Woo! Real quick, Sean. Yeah. Mike, Mike White is the guy compared to Zach Wilson because Zach yes. Wilson is just awful. So, but there Rosie, are, you know that. Yes, Rosie. Yes, there, there is. You a, know what I'm talking yes, about, though. There's a segment of Jets fans who really thought Mike White could be a starter in this league, and he's just not. You can. He's just, a fine, solid, good backup he's quarterback. He's a good backup quarterback. That's what he is, which is why I said a month ago, three weeks ago, even – Throughout the last month, month and a half, the Jets aren't close because they don't have a quarterback. And you yeah. need a quarterback to win. They have a top five defense that gave up almost 200 yards in the first quarter today. And you know, and I'm sorry, look, because I've been there, right? I, I, I get it. I've seen Danny Cannell and Dave Brown and, well, from maybe Daniel Jones still is that. I don't know. Bottom line is this. If you fail at the quarterback selection, it doesn't matter what else you did building up a defense. Everything else. You failed at your most important task as a general manager in the scouting department. And if you don't magically pull a rabbit out of your hat, Mike White isn't Tony Romo, uh, you've set the organization back. And that's exactly what Joe Douglas has done. And it's back twice because of Sam Darnold not yeah. working out, even though Darnold now looks like a serviceable, serviceable. Top, top 25 quarterback in the league. And I can't believe it's going to be Geno Smith who couldn't beat anybody for basically since the Giant game I mean, in October. Mike White looks so bad today, and the play calling is so so bad today. The running game isn't there. His best receiver is Tyler Conklin. Garrett Wilson can't catch a pass. And, I mean, it's you, awful. Rosie, you're right. And the way you the way you couch this by saying this was about right, this was about comparing him to Zach Wilson, Mike White. Mike White looked prepared. He looked capable. Uh, what was the solid line? He makes the easy look easy. So like the, all of that is right. But we saw signs of this in the Viking game. And yes, I understand that game was really, really hurt by that Braxton Berrios drop in the end zone. But Mike White takes an offense with plenty of weapons, and he is a field goal machine. They don't convert enough touchdowns, and you've seen it all afternoon here in Seattle. And that's huge. You know, if, if your three doesn't become – this game could be 20-14. to 14. If they could just string along these drives, drops, miscompletions – I, I'm sorry. I don't know how you walk away and go, Mike White's the guy next year. No, I, he, I, and he's free agent, too. I mean, I don't know how you sign him and think he's a starting quarterback. No, he, they can't. They, they can't. The starting quarterback isn't on the team. This is an utter – and again, the Jets weren't going to go deep in the playoffs this year. I would love to have them for made, to make the playoffs, but the playoffs wasn't the issue. It was seeing if Mike White could be yeah. anything. And if you were a smart football fan, you knew he was a starting quarterback. He yeah. never was close to a starting quarterback. He's a good backup quarterback. Yeah, and your, quarter, your quarterback gets hurt. He goes down for two to four weeks. You're fine having yes. Mike White on your team. Yes, absolutely. But he, but he can't do. He can't be a starter in this league. He, the guy can't win consistently. He can't throw the ball consistently. Oh, and Geno Smith almost just connects on another touchdown. By the way, the Niners have tied the game with the Raiders. Whew. Well, we'll see. This could be become a real jet misery party in about a half an hour here on the fan. Let's see. Ryan is in Asbury Park. Ryan, you're on the fan. What's going on? Sean Marash, you remember me because I remember you. And let me tell you something. I cannot remember why the New York Jets gave up on Geno Smith. This guy is dinking, dunking, dinking, dunking. Yo, Ryan, Ryan. Breaking the glass, Shaquille O'Neal. Ryan, you I'd definitely wanted to give guy. up on Geno Smith. I would Smith. do anything to have Geno Smith quarterback. I know you would. Don't tell me Jet fans are saying keep this guy. What are you, out of your mind? No, we should have kept him. I don't care who punched his lights out. We should have kept this guy. He's a winner. Look at him right now. Drop it back to pass. Boom. Touchdown. What did I yeah. say? All right. Out of bounds. The <laughs> point is, the point is, Geno is a winner. We get, we, yeah. We're trying to give a young man's job. We're trying to give an old man's job to a young man. You can't win until you're 28. All right, Ryan, People that's a different take. Doing. Ryan, I appreciate the passion. The only thing I will tell you is stop being a cord cutter because you're about five minutes behind in game action. Uh, Joe is in Blairstown, New Jersey. Joe, you're on the fan. What's going on? Hey, Sean, I, how you doing? What's up, Joe? Uh, I, I just, not to bring it back to the Giants here, but uh, I just I just had two points to bring up. 
I'm one a, a caller just a little while ago brought up. I, I've been conditioned by the Giants for the past like what four, four or five years that you know when these games come up, they're going to either fold or lose the game or something like that. It was re- very refreshing to see them win, and uh, I, I just wanted to say that one of the stats that I saw their red zone uh, offense. That is a huge key in that. But like, yeah, they're the second-best so... red zone offense as far as converting when in the red zone for touchdowns. I mean, that is something. Well, we were just talking about Mike White. That was something that Jones and the offense struggled with under Jason Garrett. Mike Kafka's play yeah. has been insane. How about the rollout pass that Jones had today to Daniel Bellinger inside the red zone to set up another touchdown? I mean, everything they have done, the offensive system, you can clearly see how much of a hindrance Freddie Kitchens and Jason Garrett were. It was definitely brilliant. I, I like I said, it, I, it's refreshing to see them actually get in the red zone and and have a chance, have, like have a greater chance of scoring than not. Uh, it's uh, like I don't even know what to do with myself because I'm so used to them not scoring in it's there. Insane. Joe, Joe, I mean, think about it. We were in a game today. Thanks for the call. The Giants fans had a game today where they went to the backup quarterback not because of injury. And early in the fourth quarter, you could have made the case early. They could have got home earlier. In fact, if I were to be critical at all about the Giants today, it would be, what the heck will we keep running Daniel Jones for up three touchdowns? David in Henrietta, Oklahoma. David, you're on the fan. What's going on? Hey, Sean. Hey, I, I want more than just showing up in the playoffs. Uh, I want to win. And I love my- it, David. I love it. So uh, who do you want? Okay. Well, I'm, what I'm concerned about is the mental aspect. Okay, we go – if we don't play our starters against the Eagles, we pretty much is a preseason game. I understand it. If we don't get injured, great. We go to the playoffs. We're going to have to face the Eagles again in their home turf again. If we go up there and beat them, the next time we have to play them, they know they can be beaten. Okay. And we're so in, Dave, and we're David, in our on. head. David, hold this for a second because this is an interesting okay. conversation, and I'm not dismissing your point. Because okay. I loved – and obviously you're alluding to what the Giants did in 07 – when they did this with Tom Coughlin versus the Patriots. And if anybody remembers, they actually did this the last time they made the playoffs in 2016. They eliminated Washington in Week 17 when they decided to play their starters when they had already clinched and Washington was winning in. Remember, Dominique rogers Cromartie, I think, had a couple picks in that game. It was great. So the Giants in the past, when clinching, have done this. And you're right. I mean, at that time, though, did it do anything for the Giants? No, they hopped on a boat and they lost to the Packers. Uh, It did catapult them in 07. Here's the only thing I will say to you, David. We have seen this giant team. Daniel Jones got banged up in the Bear game, and he has really you know, played with fire this year. We haven't seen him get hurt like he has in his career. Aziz Ojolari keeps getting hurt in these games. Leonard Williams has been playing with a burner in his neck. Um, Saquon was banged up earlier in the year. The, the big face value stars of the Giants, their depth has been you know, their biggest weakness, right? It's why the Giants have struggled right. without Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson, David. So I think this is a different team than 07 and 16. It's a less deep team. So that's why I would normally have the pom-poms out and say, let's go, let's go, let's go. But I really think that for, for the benefit of this team, you can't afford any of these guys who have been nicked up all year. Play it like you were the one seed and got the bye. That's the way you should approach it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just hate giving up. I guess, and unless I get, know, yeah. it makes sense. I get it. I, I, it does. You don't want nobody. Especially, and David, especially, and thanks for the call. Especially because you're going to have a Philadelphia Eagle team that now has to play for everything after losing the Saints. They're going to probably rush Hurts back on the field. That is not going to be a team that, not that any team would take downs off, but they are going to come full force. I mean, the, the, the hits are going to be popping. They are, they are playing for their lives in a bye, so to speak, and, and home field advantage. That means the world to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, do you want to put the Giants in the back of their mind when they're, you know, okay, we're going to play hard, but do they want to be in a spot where, you know, injuries, maybe the, the likelihood rises because it becomes such a highly intense game? Uh, again, for everyone who's point those seven, look at 16. Didn't matter that they played the starters versus Washington. It came up lame the next week anyway. All right, we come back. Tyler Dunn is a fantastic NFL reporter. In fact, if you remember last year, 12 months ago, there was a three-part series on basically how Dave Gettleman had ruined the Giants. And it was at golongtd.com. It's, it's, you know, Tyler Dunn has worked for Sports Illustrated. I mean, he's Bleach Report. He, you know, he's done. He's had great pieces on Aaron Rodgers in the past. So he released a piece and a podcast this week, dissecting how polarizing a player league wide Daniel Jones is, and basically this playoff push, Daniel Jones proven that you know he's essentially 
is a franchise quarterback, and it has so much factoids from sources from what happened in this training camp that set this whole season in motion. And stuff that, you know, Giants beat reporters were, you know, man, maybe Tyrod should start. Stuff that Brian Dable was purposely doing. It's a great inside look. It, what better time than at a Mary Clinchmas with Daniel Jones maybe being the offensive, offensive player of the week in the NFC to look inside this? Tyler, jo- Tyler Dunn will join me next. It's Sean Morash here on The Fan. Let him have it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. All right, Sean Morris here with you on a Merry Clinchmas on the fan. Less than an hour to play with till we take you to Sunday Night Football. So you heard the Giants right here on the fan into the postgame. Now getting you a little extended postgame feels. We pop the bubbly, pop the champagne. A rare, comfortable coasting win at MetLife Stadium. 11 years to the day, the last time Giants fans got to witness the team in front of their home crowd or the home crowd witnessed the team at home clinch a playoff spot and they win it in as they did versus Dallas in 2011. Now, the star today, of course, Daniel Jones. Well, one of the stars as he is really playing his best football when the games matter most. And there is a looming decision to be made on Daniel Jones. In fact, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, this morning reported that the Giants are basically on the cusp of offering Daniel Jones a multi-year deal. What the finances, what the years, we'll have to wait and see. But, Is Jones the guy? Are you sold he's the guy, especially after the last few weeks, watching more and more of what he could do with Kafka and Brian Dable? Tyler Dunn, go long TD. If you don't have a subscription, football fans, it is a must. And you should know if you're Giant fans what go long TD is. Because last year, when Giants fans like myself all felt at our worst, there was a three-part series dissecting how the Giants became such a disaster under Dave Gettleman, one that you know John Mara read. And here we are 12 months later in a playoff spot, maybe thanks to that expose, let's call it, and thanks to a changing of the minds and hiring Brian Dable and Joe Shane. Tyler J- Tyler Dunn is our guest now. Ty, what's up? Merry Clinchmas to you. Man, if that ain't an introduction, I don't know what is. Dude, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It is an honor to be here talking to you. Usually we're texting about this. I know. It's good to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, and that was it. And obviously a lot of people know me from the DA show on CBS Sports Radio, and and we have you on a ton there. Uh, And when you texted me about this, I said, dude, this forget, forget nationally right now. We'll get to that. We'll have you on again. This is the night to do it because I felt yeah. like the Giants would beat Indy, and I didn't know Daniel Jones was going to have a game like this, but he's been playing this way. So your latest piece that's come out and podcast, go to golongtd.com, check it out. Uh, and basically, you know, you speak to former quarterbacks, people around the league, and Daniel Jones, Ty, from, from what you gather as somebody who covers the league league-wide, is one of the most polarizing names in the NFL right now. He really is. I mean, you can really talk to people around the league and get a 50-50 split on what they think Daniel Jones is. I, I, I think that this is um, it's a great conversation to have about quarterback play in the NFL in general because, look, you've got the elite of the elite. You've got the Mahomeses, the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows. I'm here in Cincy about to cover that Bills-Bengals game. But then most of the league is in this weird you know, pool of like, okay, we've got this quarterback. What is he? Is he somebody that we can build around? And you can really – I'm sure Joe Shane, I'm sure Brian Dayball, they thought about this a zillion times more hours than us. Uh, but you can talk yourself into winning with a Daniel Jones, just as you can talk yourself into thinking, okay, he's been maxed out by Brian Dable. They've got to, they got to think bold. They got to think big. I really think the needle, the thread here is what Rich Gannon said in our series. Okay. Like surround this guy with talent. You've got some money to, to spend. Finally, go get him some weapons, go build a defense, Basically, try to do what Philly did. I mean, they went out yeah. and spent money. They were aggressive. They made the trade for A.J. Brown. Or, or Miami, Tyler. Or Miami, Miami. when they did around Tua. Yeah. yeah. Buffalo. I mean, Josh. what was Josh Allen before Stephon Diggs? I mean, that's... Yeah. You, you Jeez. Think you know, and Minnesota invested in Cousins. They went out and they got Diggs. Things yeah. changed there as well. Uh, and, well. So let's start there, Ty. I mean, I guess we've already started. But on that note, obviously, that has been the one argument. If you were still anti-Daniel Jones in New York, it is... Well, does he, does he make anybody else around him better? Where I would argue, through four years of Daniel Jones watching every snap numerous times, we have asked him to clean up his turnovers. He absolutely is. In fact, the Giants are the least turned over team in football this year. Mm-hmm. The Giants, uh, you know, have schematically, I didn't think, played the Jones' strengths with Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens 
and such. And he was banged up a lot of his career. They tried to surround him with weapons. Kadarius Tony is a pick. Disaster. <laughs> Kenny Galladay, the worst free agent signing oh. you can imagine. But... Jalen Hurts, a lot of people in Philly were having this conversation with last year, okay? Tua, we were all having the conversation with Miami. They add guys like Tyreek. They get the right first-round picks. Obviously, A.J. Brown added in Philly. Do you get the sense from talking to people that, you know, that kind of thing can happen here with a big, you know, offseason with one, two, maybe three weapons added to the Shine offense? Right, I, I, I do. I, I think that whatever you think of Daniel Jones, he at least deserves 2023 with getting this team to the playoffs, given the circumstances, and given the fact that, look, Brian Dayball is one of the smartest offensive minds in the game. I mean, he checks every box, that box, the game management box, the getting people box. I mean, what he did with Daniel Jones in training camp, what I was told is, you know, scripting plays to make Jones look bad and make Kyra Taylor look good, just to see, you know, mentally how Daniel Jones can handle it, and he didn't even flinch. Um, so you've got the right coach. You want to build on that. You want to see what year one can lead to in year two. So give him some talent, right? I mean, even if you don't believe in the guy fully, he at least deserves 2023. He at least deserves a shot. So, you know, if you finally have some money to spend, surround him with some more talent, and then see where it goes from there because it's not going to stop you from hunting for quarterbacks. You, yeah. you, you can still see what the draft produces without being crazy about it. Right, let the draft Lance come to you. Right. Right. right, you're going to trade three first for Trey Lance. You're not doing anything crazy like that. But, hey, second, third round, hey, if, there, if there's somebody that you like that you think has a shot to develop two, three years down the line, try it. Or maybe 2024 is the year you do that. But there's no need to do anything crazy, do anything brass, which is a really good place to be in if you're, if you're the Giants. Because I think going into the season – they're probably thinking we might need to do something like that. Uh, Jones has absolutely proven that he, he, he deserves at least another season, probably a three-year deal with some flexibility. Yeah. And, and hold that thought on what they did in training camp with Wink Martindale. I want to bookmark that and get to that in a moment. But do you get – I think there was a lot of people – around the trade deadline this year, when there were names available, Jerry Judy maybe, somebody like that, mm-hmm. and the Giants didn't overpay Chase Claypool. They didn't do any of that when it was very clear the Giants had a need at wide receiver. Instead, Joe Shane didn't go mortgage any draft picks, didn't do anything. Ironically, ends up placing a waiver claim for this Isaiah Hodgins, who has really shined since coming over from Buffalo. But I think there were a lot of people who were in the anti-Daniel Jones camp, at least in the fan base, that said, well, this is only further proof the GM doesn't believe in the quarterback, because if he did, he wouldn't mind giving up those assets. How would you interpret that, you know, looking back in hindsight about eight weeks ago? I think that Joe Shane was just being smart. I mean, why... We're not used to smart general manager decisions here, Tyler. We're not used to them. (laughs) I get it. Everybody's calloused and weathered and beaten and bloodied from the Dave Gettleman era after he just ran this organization into the dirt, you know, ten times over and screwing up in every possible way. It's weird to have competence. I know. But, you know, Joe Shane comes from Buffalo. I mean, he saw how the Bills completely rebuilt their look. When Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott took over, they had to clean that salary cap up. It wasn't quite to the extreme that you saw in uh, in New York with how Gettleman left things, but it does take a year minimum to get back to a state of normalcy. So I, I really think that they entered this past offseason thinking, okay, we can't really sign anybody that's any good. Uh, we, we've got to make some hard decisions and let some good players go. I mean, James Bradbury, oh. he's, he's a solid corner. Um, and they, they let him walk after they were unable to trade him. So it, it, all the tough decisions, and that was kind of done. Like, you had to do that that, that that first year. So if you win, it's gravy, and they've won. And that's kind of what Buffalo did in, in their first year in 2017. They never expected to end the playoff drought. They did, and they had the extra first from the, the trade the year before and, and getting out of the 10th pick, which ended up being Mahomes. So then so they could fun, kind of matriculate right? up for Josh Allen. So. They can't do something like that in this draft. They don't have that extra first, but they won when they didn't expect to win. That's good for culture. That's, that's good for just everything you're trying to build foundationally. And, and now you can kind of start to build a team and add talent. And, and God knows they still need talent, but you don't have to stress out at the quarterback position because Daniel Jones has absolutely exceeded your expectations. Tyler Dunn, Go Long TD, has got his latest piece on basically answering the, the question about Daniel Jones' future. In that piece, I, the most fascinating part I found to come out of it, because I remember where I was, obviously, 
doing all the Giants coverage as I do for the fan and, you know, covering their podcast stuff, One Giant Step, all of that, a big polarizing topic was how bad Daniel Jones looked in, in Mike Kafka and Brian Dable's system in front of the media and the beat reporters in these practices. And, you know, anybody who wanted to defend him said, well, it's Wick Martindale's defense. He doesn't care. He's going to throw everything out of it. And what comes out of this piece is that Brian Dable and the Giants coaches were purposeful in knowing that basically they were going to set Daniel Jones up to fail in camp to see how he handled it in some of these practices. And at the time, Tyler, as this is going on, before we know any of this, there is thought and stuff being written about that Tyrod Taylor needs to be the starter. I mean, that that's tough. That's tough to put Daniel Jones in that spot and, and have people who are already against him in a fan base and everything start to turn and say he really isn't the guy. But was that just a master class in coaching from Brian Dable? And... And better yet, they also declined his option before camp. So do you think Brian Dable <laughs> thought he would handle this poorly once he did this? This is why Brian Dable, in my opinion, is one of the best head coaches in the NFL and will be for a very long time. The Giants just absolutely hit the bullseye on this hire because, look, he can, he can, he can draw up a game plan. He, he's got the necessary cojones late in games to go for it on fourth, all that stuff. He's got, but he understands that the game of football is not one on the spreadsheet. It's not one in numbers and metrics and equations. It's it's a human game played by human beings. It, it's how you're wired. One through fifty-three, every single player is going to attack this violent game differently. But he just wanted to see Daniel Jones's makeup, and yeah, right. They declined the fifth-year option, so this is clearly a one-year trial run. And everything. What I was told is from a very a reputable source is that at training camp, he wanted to know if Daniel Jones can handle the pressure, right? In that yeah. market, with that, with, with, with the fans, with the media, with everything that can eat up somebody who's weak-minded, he wanted to see where Daniel Jones stood. So, yeah, he scripted plays in a way that would make QB1 look good or bad and make QB2 look great and, and see how Daniel Jones can handle it. And he passed with flying colors. And I think that they came out of August into September thinking, that this is somebody who can handle anything yeah. that's thrown at him mentally, and and that's where you started is at that, that very human level. Where is Daniel Jones? They, they loved where he was, and then physically, it kind of went from there. Yeah, and obviously today is a day where they beat the Colts, and the two biggest, you know, smiling faces were Daniel Jones, who actually showed emotion today with Brian Dable. A lot of smiles, a lot of hugs, and a lot of good feelings, and feelings we haven't had in a long time, and you know that is going to shift a little bit as the Jets season starts to tick away in about four minutes. I'm sure these phone lines are going to change on the fan, Tyler, so this is going to be very good timing by you as we do the celebration into the postmortem, Giants to Jets, so that's a little different. But, uh, Ty, why don't you yourself tell everybody where they can find your work and get this piece uh, and really get a feel for what's going on with Daniel Jones and the New York Giants and read and, and listen to everything I got to listen to. No doubt, Sean. Yeah, go along, TD.com. I'm always trying to pursue those those deeper dives profiles human interest stories just take you behind that curtain every way that we possibly can around the nfl like like you said we had the three-part series on the giants last year the autopsy and now a, a seven thousand word story here on daniel jones i mean it's, it's a fascinating situation i think so many teams around the league are facing with their quarterbacks so yeah if you subscribe you get everything there and if you make it an annual we'll send you a signed copy of the blood and guts, how tight ends say football, which, hey, Jeremy Shockey, people love Shockey out there, right? We oh, we love Shockey. drinks back uh, down in Miami Beach, so it was, it was awesome learning about his rise. Yeah, well, in 20 years, hopefully you're doing a book on Daniel Bellinger, Tyler. That's all we can hope for here, uh, <laughs> obviously. Uh, you can follow Ty at, on Twitter, at Ty Dunn. He's obviously covering the Bills and Bengals here uh, tomorrow night, which would be a great game. Tyler, thanks so much for a few minutes, and thanks so much. You might have been part of the catalyst to finally push Mara over the top and get us a real <laughs> regime here after last year. So thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, and enjoy the rest of the season, man. Hey, they got the outsiders, the independent thinkers. You need it in this game. Thanks so much for the opportunity, man. Any day, any time. I appreciate it, Ty. Tyler Dunn, golongtd.com, and really, go check it out. Excellent piece on Daniel Jones. A lot of people were tweeting about it, talking about it. I was into it this week. And last year, that autopsy, I mean, and... You know, a lot of feelings that Mara might have been reading that as well. And see, basically, the Giants have become a public embarrassment to that 
uh, you know, aspect. Unbelievable. All right, the Jets' season seems to be ticking away. I can't believe it's gotten to this point. I am stunned at the effort they've given in Seattle. Uh, Cole's reaction, Giants, Jets, coming up next. It's Sean Morash on the fan. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. What uh, what an interesting late Sunday development here. First of all, Merry Clinchmas if you're a Giants fan. The Giants are going to the postseason. And our dreams of having both teams in the postseason, geez, it felt that way, especially on that weekend where the Jets had beat the Packers, the Giants beat the Ravens. It felt like, wow. But the Jets... With Mike White throwing two picks, Geno Smith just toying with them, are down 23-6, time ticking away, and the dream appears dead as the Jets, at one time, again, a 6-3 and team, are going to fall to 7-9 and be eliminated and have more questions than answers in this offseason. And you might have one on Mike White, that he is just not the answer as a big-time quarterback going forward. Although, if you're so clouded by hating Zach Wilson, maybe you will find excuses to defend Mike White. But this is a stinker of performance. I mean, this is a dreadful performance for a guy you want to see playing his best football when it matters. Mike White's giving you nothing today. Giving you absolutely nothing. So, we're taking you up. We have a few more minutes to play with before Sunday Night Football. I want to get you guys all in. Jets fans, Giants fans, and Mike White almost just threw another pick. Let's fire it up. Andrew's in Brooklyn first. Andrew, you're on the fan. What's going on? Ass for ass. We did it, buddy. Playoff down. Andrew, Merry Christmas to you, man. We, we are on the cross rocks coming home from the game, and I was a Daniel hater, and I will admit I was wrong. He is the person who's going to take us forward. Boomer Esiason, we're never going to win a game again. Deal r- ripping us apart week after week in the morning, saying we're going nowhere with Daniel Jones. I had enough. I want to hear them apologize in the morning. I have enough. The Giants are on their way to a playoff bound for the first time in 10 years. Our franchise is going in the right direction. And if we give Daniel Jones one, one elite receiver, who knows where we will go. And I'll tell you right now, no team wants to see us in the first round. And if we go yeah. to San Fran. Well, it looks like Andrew, I know you're going to cross Bronx. It looks like it looks like it's Minnesota. yeah. It looks like it's going to be Minnesota, and you know to quote, they're not I, beating us again. Rash yeah, not beating us again. I agree. And McKinney and Jackson in that game makes it awfully different. Things have suddenly gotten very interesting. And again, look, I'm not pounding the chest that tried still a long way off from a Super Bowl, but could they surprise for a week? Screw around, find themselves in the divisional round. Certainly possible. The way they are playing right now. Now this is a really tough spot. You know, as you try to celebrate on one hand, you don't want to rub salt in the wound on the other. This, I feel for Jet fans here. I was a believer all season long in this defense, and this is a tough one, a 23-6. To wa- I mean, everybody has beaten Seattle of late, and the Jets give you this on the road. Unbelievable. Tommy's in New Hyde Park. Tommy, you're on the fan. How are you doing, Sean? What's up, Tommy? I am livid. I cannot take this Jets teams anymore. I, you know, you always get pumped up, and they always screw you around. Mike White looks horrible. Now, we don't have a quarterback. We got to get a veteran next year because we cannot start with a new quarterback from, from, from the draft. You agree uh, with me? Well, no, well Tommy, I, not only do I agree with you, Again, I know that Jet fans hold a different place here. You don't want to, you know, cast Joe Douglas as a failure because, again, the team is ready to be made without a quarterback. But, and you saw the report today that the Jets will not shop Zach Wilson. Now, we'll believe it if we see it. What's his value anyway? So I kind of do believe it. If if he does go shop Zach Wilson, it proves that he, he failed at that spot. You trust this GM again two years later taking another swing at a quarterback? So it might be, it might have to go a Jimmy G route, a Derek Carr route. Uh, it, it might have to be. One thing I think is very clear off this game, if you were going to be so quick to anoint Mike White and say, why can't he be the guy? Well, today showed you why he can't be. Again, and this isn't about comparing the Jets and Giants, but what have we hammered home here for the last hour and a half? Daniel Jones has been playing his best football when it matters most. Mike White, absolutely garbage today when it mattered most. Garbage. And, by the way, when given the opportunity of back-to-back years, and I know it's tough, it's not his fault, big shots, he has gotten hurt too. 
Jonathan is in Massachusetts. Jonathan, you're on the phone. Hey, man, how are you? What's up, Jonathan? Listen, I have kind of a, maybe it's a wishful thinking, but I think it's a beautiful concept that if the Jets could somehow get Belichick and Brady. Because <laughs> I, I got to tell you. I, could, I couldn't even let it go on because either that was going to be a prank worth dumping or or just unbelievable. I mean, yeah, Brady and Belichick, that's exactly what those two guys want to do. They want to reunite A and then reunite with the Jets? Come on. Come on. Uh, and right now the Seahawks are in a spot with a win now. They can beat the Rams in Week 18 and then get in with – any Packer loss or a Packer loss today? I have to have clarification on that because that will change kind of the scheduling next week. Maybe Seattle and the Rams will play on that Saturday. Who knows? Tom is in Floral Park. Tom, you're on the fan. Hey, how's it going? I don't know if your last caller was still drunk from last night with the Brady and Belichick <laughs> thing, but I mean, or that was just a terrible joke. But uh, just watch the end of this game. This has been a horrible season. The quarterback situation. Mike White today clearly showed he wasn't the guy. He's looking like Zach Wilson out there. You got Geno on the other end looking like a Hall of Famer. I mean, the defense was horrific today. It's just a never-ending cycle of misery with this team. We can never have happiness. Uh, Tom, Tom, no doubt. And look, the defense made its place today, but they got bullied at points. I think what you learned about the defense today, and and I think you learned about the last couple weeks, the Jets' defense still could use another piece or two, is a really good defense. They were not this elite earlier in the year. Well, this is the best defense in the NFL. They're not an elite defense. They're not. And by the way, if they were, they would not have lost that game to the Lions, which, say what you want to say about the Patriot game where they rose up, that Lion game, giving up that play, I still think ultimately becomes the difference in the season. Of course. And now and now we have the uh, question of quarterback next season. What are we doing now? Mike White, Zach Wilson. I'm not a big fan of Derek Carr. I don't want him coming here. What's your thoughts on that? Tom, it's a tough spot. And I, my early, early answer is how much can you salvage the Zach Wilson thing? And not from a standpoint that I think Zach Wilson will succeed and not from a standpoint that I think any Jet fan should swallow that and love it, but it comes down to the GM. If the GM goes out and he trades for Derek Carr, doesn't it just feel like you're grasping at straws now? You know, it almost feels like your best course of action might be you have to fire the offensive coordinator, get somebody in here who actually, you know, sees the talent that the GM once saw in Zach Wilson and build this thing the right way. You know, quarterbacks have been fixed. Have been fixed that they look like disasters. Dable and Kafka this year with Daniel Jones. That might be the best course of action. I mean, Derek Carr with good Raider teams, did they go – I mean, did they – this year was not a bad, bad roster. I mean, we, you just want to get these guys in. You want to tell me Jimmy G, fine, you've seen him go to a Super Bowl with elite defense? I guess that's the one I can get behind. But this is a rough one. You almost feel like the Jets are being set backwards. Maybe, Jet, the, uh, maybe the coach. Yeah, could, well may- – Maybe it's the coach. Maybe it's the coach, right? Maybe, Rosie, I don't disagree. Maybe maybe instead of Salah, maybe they should have went and hired Doug Peterson. Yeah, just that's an a idea. fair point. Fair point. I just said an get idea. somebody in here. And by the way, the Niners now have just given up a two-point conversion here. So if the Raiders hold on win this game with Stidham, uh, suddenly the Giants might be going back to San Francisco now for a playoff game. All right. James is in North Arlington. James, you're on the fan. Well, well. I'll tell you, that, that call before, he was being sarcastic, but I think his point was, I thought about the, the, the joke about Brady and Belichick, but his point was that it's really the whole organization. And I, and I would say that the general manager, he could make a mistake. There's nothing wrong with missing, admitting to a mistake with quarterback. And I think that's one of the biggest problems the Jets have is the overall leadership is that they're trying to cover up for a mistake where it's, you can make a mistake and then and then and then do better. And actually, right. I don't see why they, they need a quarterback. And buying a quarterback is not going to get them where they need to be. So they really need to draft a quarterback. But, I but again, James, the media, that, the media James. got to admit that. And a lot of the media that cover the Jets, no. I've always felt that they don't really. I, I don't want to say that they're, that they're shills for the Jets, but I don't think they really come out enough to, to where they're they're actually critical. And unbiased. All right, so James, I'm, I'm actually not going to totally disagree with your point. Here's the problem with the point. You're right 
the best option for the New York Jets' future at the quarterback position may not be named Carr, Garoppolo, Wilson, or White. It might be a guy in the draft. However, however, you just drafted a guy, the same regime just drafted a guy 24 months ago. Now, you're assuming that from their draft standpoint, remember, they're not going to be the top five, and there's going to be a lot of teams up there that want the, you know, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis. We know the names, right? If the Jets ain't getting that guy, are you, you're just going to take a swing to take a swing? I don't think that the Jets are going to be in a position to do that. And then are you trusting the GM to mortgage the future picks to get back up? In well, the you can, but, but you can draft a quarterback and still bring in one of the people you're talking about. So right, so James, you James, but the, but the point is, with... James, they're not going to get one of the top three guys. Thanks for the call. They're not going to get one of the top three guys in the draft. And if they're not going to get one of the top three guys in the draft, you're now trusting the evaluation process of the same GM who whiffed greatly on Zach Wilson potentially to two years later not whiff on one of the guys who's not a consensus top three? That is a big ask. On the surface, I think you're right. The best option may be in the draft. The problem is the best option is going to be one of those guys you can't get without trading a mortgage for. By the way, I was wrong. The Raiders, when they you know went for two there, became 34-34. They don't have the lead. Brock looking pretty, pretty good, taking the Raiders down the field. Okay, so you still see some of your calls. Jets post Mortimer. Geno Smith eliminates them from the playoffs. Board is at right itself. Your calls and more right up until Sunday Night Football. Sean Morash on the fan. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Oh, it's Sean Morash on the fan. 877-337-6666. Got 10 more minutes till Sunday Night Football, Ravens and Steelers. I'm laughing. Paul Rosenberg's with us on the other side. And being a sports fan, we're saying, you know, Jet fan gut-wrenching, Giant fan, you're partying like nobody's business today. And Minnesota just gets their tails kicked by the Packers. And as a Giant fan, after what you saw the matchup with Minnesota last week, you're thinking, bring them on. And the way to bring them on is San Francisco wins this game versus the Raiders and wins next week. And then the Giants would get Minnesota. However, San Francisco, this big elite defense, hasn't been able to stop Jared Stidham and the Raiders all afternoon. They just had a chip shot field goal indoors. Robbie Gold shanks it. The game is going to overtime right now. And the reason I'm laughing is, as a Giant fan, I'm actually now in a position where I'm sitting rooting for the 49ers to win to avoid playing them while watching them show all the reasons why maybe you should want to play them. It is nuts, and it's been a long time uh, as the Giants fan to have that moment. Um, and obviously not to rain on the parade. Tough one for the Jets today, and we will continue to take their calls. They don't get to experience that. They get to experience an offseason of quarterback question marks. And Brock is in Huntington on the fan. Brock, you're on the fan. Hey, how you doing, my man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Brock. What's going on? Thanks, man. So you just kind of led a nice little segue there with the 49ers kind of crumbling there with the Raiders. So, I mean, the Jets, uh, I mean, I looked at them. They had some cute players. Even the, the loss with the Lions was a, a brutal win. It was kind of a microcosm oh. of the season. But even the win. Fourth and one, you let the backup tight end go. Oh, yeah. it doesn't matter oh, about Zach Wilson in that game. That was brutal like for the 45 defense. yards untouched oh. to the end zone. Unbelievable. But even the win, like against uh, we were playing against the Browns to come back, that was a fluke too, you know. I mean, they got a little bit of a better team. But, I mean, as long Brock, as you're a quarterback. Brock, you know away. what? Do not apologize for that Brown win. I know that was crazy and it was a fluke first. Well, it's going to go down as one of the highlights of the year. Football, you look at all these teams bunched up. Sometimes you need the fluke games. You don't apologize. You, know. you don't give them back. I hear you, man. I'm just saying, like, as long as you're a quarterback away, you could have all the pieces in the world. In my mind, you're at the starting line, man. You could see it with the 49ers. Now, my name's Brock. They got Brock Purdy out there, so I'm pulling for the kid. But, I mean, <laughs> as long as you've got the quarterback and, you're, and you're, you need that quarterback, it don't matter what else you got, man. You might as well be at the starting line. You know, the Jets, I don't know what they're going to do. It's uh, the same old Jets. The Jets, the curse of the Jets is still alive and well, man. Sal is on the sideline looking like he's not even blinking, looking at the field, like looks lost. I mean, it's just a weird imagery going on with the team, and it's the opposite of what I saw in the beginning. It is interesting, Brock. And I do wonder, and thanks for the call, I am not suggesting this will happen, but it's worth noting. I stated earlier on the show that you assume that Sal and Douglas will obviously come back. Maybe that's an idiotic assumption. Because, like it or not, this team did collapse from 6-3, and three, okay? And there were rumblings, who know if there was any truth to them at all, about maybe ownership, butting heads, 
with Sala and Douglas as far as who should start a quarterback, because again, this regime had handpicked Zach Wilson, and clearly, you know, Woody Johnson's going to listen to the fan base that wants Mike White, who, by the way, collapsed all over himself. And if you want to say, well, that kind of stuff happens, just remember, it was not that long ago in a Week 17 game that Doug Peterson rested his starters when the Eagles were already in, made the playoffs, and everybody thought basically that ownership was telling the rest of starters, well, he was fired right after that playoff loss, and that was a guy who would won a Super Bowl. So nobody's unfireable. This is going to be a fascinating offseason for the Jets. This really, you know, if you didn't make the playoffs and you are playing meaningful December games like they did, as a Jet fan, you would think normal season, you take it. It shows that the organization's taking the next step. But boy, because of the way it all unfolded with the quarterback, doesn't it also feel like they're just a million miles away now? It, fe- it almost feels further than it did a year ago. But they're closer. Which I guess is a good thing in some ways, but this is a major, major problem now because, again, if Mike White, they lost a close game, defense was a sieve today, be one thing. Mike White showed you no signs that he should absolutely be the starting quarterback next year. Pat is in Staten Island. Pat, you're on the fan. Hey, what's up, Shorty? How you doing, buddy? What's up, Pat? Not much, buddy. Hey, listen, great day for the Giants. Hey, I'm a Giants fan, and and, and isn't it great to to be with a winning organization, man? Isn't it awesome? I mean, the the Jets... It, 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 it's just great. The Jets lo- loser organization, you know. Uh, now, now, you're not holding ask, back, Pat. Pat, you're not holding back as a Giant fan. You're going to dance on the Jets' graves tonight, aren't you? Let me, let me, let me, let me ask you something. Now, all these, all these uh, um, uh, white, uh, you know, the, the the Jets fans with the, with the white becoming the, the second, the second coming, Joe Neighbor. What do you think? They're going to go back to Wilson again? What do you think, Sean? What do you I, think, buddy? Pat, thanks for the call. I've tried my best not to do this. I have, I have matured as a Giant fan. A once young, immature me uh, really couldn't stand the Rex Ryan Jets. I, you know, I used to fight with all the time. I have matured. I don't hate the Jets now the way I did, Pat. I, but if you want to make fun of them and laugh, it's fine. And they got Can we get Pat out of here, Sean? I mean, Chip Rosenberg doesn't want to hear it. Rosie, am I, I've been pretty diplomatic here. Uh, I have Very been... diplomatic. And oh. what you said before, Pat, is right. Because remember, they were 7-4, and four and they just lost six in a row. And they've lost... <laughs> They've lost six of the last seven. Pat's it's, looking to dance on the Jet Graves tonight. It's, cra- it's crazy. And I and listen, like, when you lose six, and there are seven and four, you lose six in a row, you don't think that's going to be on the owner's mind? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, can I have a hot, I'm going to give you a scorching hot take here, Rosie. A scorching hot WFAN related take. All right? It may not be popular with the listeners. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. Uh, we love the guy. I love the guy. I love Joe B. Rosie, I'm sure you love Joe B. And look, of any of us who grew up listening to him, working with him, he's been a great man, all of us. I have heard him all year in those spots with Tiki and Tierney. Because I work mornings on CBS Sports where they're always on my drive home. He, I don't want to hear I don't want to hear the pity party from Beningo tomorrow. I gotta be honest with you. Because when Joe B's at his best, it's the negative rant, and I get all that. But, you know, people forget, and I heard a lot of Joe this year. The arrogance that came off of Joe with this de- with this uh, defense, and, and this uh, this is an elite defense, and this that the other thing. All right, fine, a good defense. The why can't Mike White be the franchise quarterback? Why not? You know he's flip flopped so much in these quarterbacks, and I know he's a broken man as a Jet fan. You know you pumped your chest about Mike White, Joe. BT two, you pumped your- BT was a little more pro Zach Wilson. You pumped your chest about the defense. In the end, I don't want to hear the pity party the woe is me tomorrow from Joe Paul. I gotta be honest with you. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it either. It's it's he's gotta be honest. It's Mike White. It was a nice story for two weeks, two months. He's injury prone. He's not a starting quarterback. And he couldn't do anything against the Seahawks defense, which has given up 24, 21, 30, 23, yeah. 40 points, 21 points. They're 20... not an elite defense! In the end. They have a made the quarterbacks the number one. They are not an elite defense. You're Awful. right. All those point totals, and I know they were hindered by field position turnovers in a lot of these situations. Oh, you can cherry pick any stat you want. No, it's an they awful were not an elite defense. No, they were not. Sauce Gardner could throw the cheese head around Lambo only once. They had their moments. They were good defense. They were not an elite defense. And Mike White is not a franchise quarterback. Right. So tomorrow, I don't want to look. It sucks. I feel bad. I have very close Jet fans with me. I've, I've matured, as I said. But I don't want to hear the pity party. If you were pumping your chest about the Jets all year and how things have changed, and Mike White was the savior, Mike White was the answer, you were hoping more than you were thinking with a straight head. I don't want to hear the pity party tomorrow. The woe is me. I'm right. sorry, I don't no, hear it. And I agree. And just for clarity, those are all the those are the scores the Seahawks gave up. Yeah. Which is the point 
that. Oh, Mike, right, right, dude. I'm sorry. Right, yeah, you're right. The right. Jets so gave those are the points the Seahawks right. gave up. Right. And Mike White still couldn't do anything. Right. He was awful today. He he looked. He almost looked as bad, and he might look worse than Zach Wilson did yeah. against Jacksonville Thursday well, and, night. And the turnovers are inexplicable. Well, I know Berrios didn't help him out. In Minnesota. That was still a field goal game. Uh, all you know, field goal, field goal, field goal. He's a fine backup quarterback. That's been the theme of this thing, man. You're right. The Jets never get 40. What am I talking about? See, I'm losing my head. I'm still celebrating my clinch miss. The Jets have lost. Oh, oh, what are you going to do? But again, no pity parties. Unbelievable. The Jets eliminated. Oh, by the way, quick scheduling note, too. I got to think the Seahawks now, by winning that game NFC-wise, they win and Packers lose the Lions. The Lions are not winning in now. So because of that tie break the Seahawks have over the Lions. So I think you might get the Seahawks... Rams game on Saturday, and then maybe you get a taste of Titans Jags Saturday night. You got to think Packers Lions is the Sunday night game. And for anybody, you know, waiting and thinking, oh, Giants at one o'clock, I think you're going to get the Giants in the late window because that game means so much for the Eagles. You'll probably get Eagles, Giants, Commanders, Cowboys simultaneous on Fox. So look for that. I, I think you're going to get a late window Giant game next week. All right, that'll do it. Thanks to Paulie Rosenberg. Thanks to Tyler Dunn. Thank you to all our callers. To Giant fans, a merry clinchmas. To Jet fans, oh, happy same old year. I've been saving that one, haven't I? Enjoy. Sunday Night Football comes up next. At Mraz CBS, M-R-A-Z CBS. By the way, the Niners have kicked the field goal to win it at the gun. So the Giants are likely headed to Minnesota on Wild Card Weekend. We want you, Kirk. We want you again. Merry clinchmas, everyone. Enjoy Raven Steelers. Take care. Have a good night. Sports Radio 101.9.